The future is not impossible. The future is not dark. Yeah, the future is not a mystery. Saith God, the future is in your hands. The future is in your hands. So you take hold of the future. Take hold of the future. The future does not decide itself. You right now decide the future and navigate your path in the future. And the future does not determine its outcome. You determine the outcome of the future. For saith God, I have put my word, I have put my power, and I have put my grace within you. You rise and say them the way you want to see them. And you will see the future organize itself to accommodate what you say. And it will give you what you say. Did I not say in my word? what things soever you desire when you pray believe you have and you shall have what you say the power of the future is not in the future it's in your mouth right now so fear not fear not be courageous be strong quit ye like men look into the future and say it the way you want to see it and see it come to pass says the spirit of grace thank you father glory to god glory to god glory to god hey hey don't be afraid don't be afraid your finances are not going to collapse there is a word for your finances there is a word for your ministry there is a word for your career and there is a word concerning your marriage saith god everything that concerns every area of your life is important to me because i love you therefore i do not keep you in the dark concerning the things that affect you your marriage your ministry your finances your career all the answers are right in my hands and they are right before you did i not say in my word ask me and i will show you great and mighty things that you know not i gave you my word that i will show you so i show it to those of you that will care to ask those of you that will seek to know and those of you that will seek to understand saith god it's right before you my spirit my spirit will show you the deep things of my heart and my spirit would lay bare before you my plan my purpose my intent concerning you so therefore fear not rejoice and be glad rejoice and be glad you are the light in the midst of darkness and no matter how dark the dark may be a ray of light makes a difference in the darkness and you are not just a ray of light you are the embodiment of my life saith god because you have my word on your inside therefore don't be afraid don't be afraid cheer up stand up look at the future and rejoice because the future will work in your favor Woo! glory 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 Woo!
I tell you days of glory days of grace days of beauty days of jubilation days of celebration hey there will be an outpouring of my glory like never before days of celebration says the Spirit of God thank you father praise you father things about yourself things of the spirit things in the spirit concerning you i unveil to you by my spirit you take hold of it you take hold of it you take hold of it and by it war a good warfare saith god it is a good warfare because the outcome of the warfare is in your favor it is a good warfare saith god because the outcome of the warfare is in We give you praise, glory, and honor for answered prayer in Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our feet together as we say these words. I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the world. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace i will be built up by the end of this service i will never be the same never ever be the same again in jesus name and every believer sees it powerfully amen i want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of kingdom life network we're so glad to have all of you connected facebook youtube twitter instagram all of the social media community we're so glad to have all of you connected to the service today the entire aquaibom state community connected by way of comfort fm xl fm you knew you fm radio aquaibom inspiration fm and heritage fm we're so glad to have all of you connected to the service guys it's going to be an exciting adventure in the word of his grace call a friend a family member a neighbor or a colleague of yours ask them to tune to this this radio station right now life is flowing through the airwaves and all of you on social media what a joy to have every one of you connected to the service tonight do me the favor you've always done let's flood the entire blue marble planet with the fragrance of Jesus's grace help me share the video on your page share with all the groups join as many groups as possible throw the light of God right into those groups around the world create watch parties drop them on monogram telegram whatsapp groups let's get the word to the ends of the earth and thank you for making it happen today can somebody shout a powerful amen all our campuses and bible study centers we're glad to have every one of you and everybody in this building are you excited to be here tonight can we celebrate the word with a shout in this building glory amen you can be seated with your sweet smart self let's get into the word of his grace tonight mm -mm 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 -mm. wow what a what a day what a day i tell you i'm excited all right we're still in the new creation camp meeting still examining in christ realities john chapter 5 verse number 39 john chapter 5 verse number 39 search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which 
testify of me. Look at Luke chapter 24 verse 25. Luke chapter 24 verse number 25. Then he said unto them, O fools, slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus speaking said that the scriptures testify of me. So we tried to look at the word me. The me there was a personal description of his present state and status. A personal description of his present state and status. So we began to examine the word, the word which we called the logos in the Greek, the logos of God. And we said the logos of God is the message or a statement of fact or a conclusion. The message, a statement of fact or a conclusion. And we said something yesterday that the logos of God is the man like God. The man like God or God who became a man. So we said we have a man like God. That is, he is in a man or he is expressed in a man. That's what we call the word. He is the message of the scriptures. He is the message of the scriptures or God expressed in a man. That's the message. That's the reason or the logic the thought behind or the idea behind the action. The idea behind the writings. Now, yesterday we began to examine this God who became a man or the man like God. Look at the book of Luke chapter 24 verse 39. Luke chapter 24 verse 39 and we're going to read to verse 43. Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as you see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. Alright, now please pay attention. Look at that verse 40 again. Go back to verse 40. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. Actually, in the Greek, that word was almost like he removed his clothes. He removed his clothes. All right? Now, verse 41, 41, 41. <clears throat> and while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? Next verse. And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish. They didn't give him, uh, uh, they didn't give him, you know, puff puff or, you know, biscuits. They gave him cooked food. Okay? Boiled fish. Put it back. Boiled fish. And of a honeycomb. 43. And he took it and did eat before them. He ate 
before them now remember we saw in acts chapter 1 verse 3 put it up acts chapter 1 verse 3 that he showed himself alive after his passion by many proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of god he showed himself alive the same word used for human beings that is he showed himself that he was alive and he was human the question is did he use the toilet because he ate boiled fish yes of course he ate and if he ate he has to go to toilet was adam designed to use the toilet yes why because adam is a man who was christ a man so if adam used the toilet as a man christ rose as a man he therefore must have used the toilet now it just shows that on earth the body of a man is supposed to be sustained by food on earth when he gets to heaven he doesn't need food okay so see the way the body of the glorified body is able to adapt on earth it functions with food out of earth it functions without food so the body actually has to do with the earth not the makeup it was after seeing that it was downgraded to death otherwise it was supposed to be you know uh, neither mortal nor immortal depending on what choice man was going to make we will see that a bit later now the next question is did jesus sleep yes he rose as a man and men sleep when he rose from the dead they saw that it was the same jesus he did the same things he did with them before death he ate but something had changed which we will look at shortly something changed but his humanity didn't change he was just as man as man that shows you something that the body was never meant to die in god's purpose and plan so jesus was a full man someone asked could he still have been tempted after resurrection of course he's a man he's a man temptation is common to men so being a man even now he can still be tempted that's heavy but that's the truth that's the truth now the writer of hebrews said we have a man same word anthropinos anthropinos where he is now he can still be tempted he is a man the book of hebrews says we have a high priest chosen among men so for him to be a high priest means he is still a man man is spirit soul and body what we call man is spirit soul and body please stay with me do we all agree that the focus of the prophets was a man please speak to me please speak like you're very serious please speak like you're sure of what you're saying a man like god so the word of god is a man huh the word of god is a man so the revelation of god is a man huh talk to me the revelation of god is a man okay the truth about god 
is a man. Okay? Now I know that some of you, your voices are not coming out because of your, your whatever. Okay? No problem. No problem. To know God, you have to look at a man. So, who said, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh? Huh? Who said, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh? The prophet? The prophet? The prophet? Okay. The prophet? So, who pours out his spirit upon all flesh? Huh? A man. A man pours out his spirit upon all flesh. Look at it. Acts chapter 2 verse 17. Please get ready to be answering me because we are studying together. Acts chapter 2 verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. 18. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Alright? Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Acts chapter 2, verse 22. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as you yourselves also know. So Jesus is a man approved of God. So that will mean that the Holy Ghost is the spirit of a man. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of a man. Look at that same Acts, chapter 2, verse 32. Acts, chapter 2, verse number 32. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. 33 now, please pay attention. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he had shed forth this which you now see and hear. Who had shed forth the spirit? Jesus, who is exalted at the right hand of the Father, had shed forth the spirit. So, who shed forth the spirit? A man. Right, very good. <clears throat> Please stay with me. He is the one that gave the spirit. So, who gave the spirit? The man, Christ Jesus. Acts 2.29. Stay with me. Acts chapter 2 verse 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. 30. 30. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, According to the flesh, he will raise up Christ to sit on his throne. So Jesus is the fruit of David's loins. That is the humanity. That is the humanity of Christ. He is the fruit of the loins of David. Alright? Because Jesus came from the tribe of David. So he is the fruit of the loins shows his humanity. So question, 
who sits on the throne a man because god doesn't need a throne it's men that sit on thrones god does not occupy a throne that is why there is only one throne in heaven and that throne is kept for a man nobody sat on that throne till jesus rose from the dead upon his ascension he sat on that throne because that throne is for a man god doesn't need a throne deity does not require a throne thrones are for men so today jesus the man sits on the throne so the resurrection of jesus ended mortality's reign on man forever the resurrection of jesus ended mortality's reign forever because we now see god's man dominion over death in a man dominion over death in a man because it was a man who entered death and came out victorious it was a man who entered death and came out of death victorious so we see the end of mortality's reign in man by man we see the dominion over death in a man on behalf of men. Now, please stay with me. So when the Bible says Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, that means he is a man. Basically, who is the word? The word, the word is a man. So, the term, the word, refers to a man like god god who became a man please pay attention to these terminologies they are critical they are intentionally you know included in scriptures to be taught god who became a man is that the message of the prophets all right good so when he says the word of god what are we referring to the incarnation the word of god therefore is referring to the incarnation is the incarnation the word huh yes so jesus being called the word refers to the prophecy of the prophets and the union of god with man is a man the union of God with man is a man. Again, he was tempted at all points. That is every step of temptation, he partook of it. Every step, his desires. He was tempted at every point. Once again, the word of God is a man. How do you know God? You know God in a man. Remember, we are looking at brother Paul's revelation of identification. Now let's read a few scriptures, but please pay attention because I'm going to ask you questions. Luke 3, 11. Luke chapter 3, verse number 11. He answered and said, did I say Luke? Matthew. Matthew 3, 11. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I whose shoes i'm not worthy to bear he shall baptize you with the holy ghost and with fire who said this prophecy 
Okay, was this a prophecy? Why was it a prophecy? Talk to me. Why was it a prophecy? Because it was a promise of a future. And who was John? A prophet. So John the prophet spoke about a future event, which is what we call prophecy. Are we in the building here? Alright, so this is a prophecy John is using to communicate what is about to happen. I indeed baptize with water, but the mightier than I is coming, he will not use water, he will use the Holy Ghost. Prophecy. Are we clear? Let me give you another scripture quickly so we read the same thing. Luke 3, 16 and 17. Luke chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. John answered, saying unto them, all i indeed baptize you with water but one mightier than i commit the latchet of whose shoes i'm not worthy to unloose he shall baptize you with the holy ghost and with fire who used the word baptize first huh so when john said baptize who was he referring to huh he shall baptize you with what so john talking about the holy ghost attach what to the holy ghost baptism so in the prophecy of john you shall be baptized with what holy ghost keep that somewhere come with me to the third scripture mark chapter 1 verse 8 mark chapter 1 verse 8 i indeed have baptized you with water but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Now, let me explain that term very well. But before I explain, John 1, 33. So we have four evidences. John chapter 1, verse 33. And I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. The same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. If you observe, no fire. With the Holy Ghost. Now, let me explain that term. Look at Acts 1, 4 and 5. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. Verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Who is speaking here? Jesus. You shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now, baptized with the Holy Spirit, what does it mean? Huh? Utterance. Now, from what we read, is it clear that Jesus is quoting, is it John's account or Mark's account? Huh? Whose account is Jesus quoting? Huh? John's account. Because it's John who did not include fire. Please pay attention. It's John who did not include fire. Now, Jesus is referring to the same thing John was talking about. Look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts 
chapter 1 verse 8 but you shall receive power after that the holy ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me but in jerusalem and in all judea and in samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth power you shall receive power now do we all agree that acts chapter 1 verse 8 explains acts chapter 1 verse 5 all right let me read so you see so we can agree acts 1 5 for john truly baptized with water but you shall be baptized with the holy ghost not many days hence acts 1 8 but you shall receive power after that the holy ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Question now. Do we all agree that Jesus' Acts 1.8 explains Acts 1.5? Alright. Holy Ghost upon. Holy Ghost upon. Acts 2.1-4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them clothing tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance notice that when peter was going to explain it he said this is joel's prophecy being fulfilled i will pour out my spirit upon all flesh other instances where peter i mean where people spoke in tongues will be acts chapter 8 let's look at it acts chapter 8 verse 14 and 15 acts 8 14 and 15 now when the apostles which are at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Give me verse 17. 8, 17 Acts. Then laid they their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. They received the Holy Ghost. Look at verse 16 verse 16 for as yet he was falling upon none of them only they were baptized in the name of the lord jesus was falling upon upon all right they were baptized in the name of the lord jesus meaning they were born again but the spirit has not come upon then the next verse give me verse 17 now pay attention then laid they their hands on them and they receive the holy ghost this holy ghost that they receive is it the same thing that peter was talking about i mean jesus was talking about when he said upon in acts 1 8 is it the same thing all right good which means upon is what huh upon is what speak out upon is what utterance don't be afraid now so we have seen upon Acts 10 44. Please pay attention. Acts chapter 10 verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on, the Holy Ghost fell on, the Holy Ghost fell 
on all them which had the word. Next verse. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift. Peter introduces a new word. The gift was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Next verse. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God then answered Peter upon the spirit was on the Gentiles. Then Peter introduced that what the Gentiles received was the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, that word gift is the word doria, which means sacrificial gift. That is a gift that came out of the sacrificial sac sacrifice of Jesus or the sacrifice of Jesus. So he called it doria, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 19.6 Acts chapter 19 verse 6. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on. The Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. The Holy Ghost came on. Does it appear like the explanation of being baptized with the Holy Ghost in Acts 1 8? What we have been reading so far. Does it appear like Acts 1 8? Now, is Acts 1 8 being baptized with the Holy Ghost? Huh? Acts 1 8. The Holy Ghost upon. Is it being baptized with the Holy Ghost? Okay. Acts 1 8. What happened in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4? Is it the fulfillment of Acts 1 8? Huh? So in Acts chapter 2, 1 to 4. When they spoke in tongues, was that the Holy Ghost upon? Was that the Holy Ghost upon? Alright, good. In Acts chapter 8, where we read, verse 14, 15, 16, 17, is that the Holy Ghost upon? Huh? Okay. In Acts chapter 10, verse 44, 45, and 46, was that the Holy Ghost upon? In Acts chapter 19, verse 6, was that the Holy Ghost upon? So all of it is what? Upon. Which is what? Utterance. Few days ago, we were asking this question. When did the disciples receive the Holy Ghost? I've not left it. I'm still on it. Acts 2, 38 and 39. Enjoying this? Acts 2, 38 and 39. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord God our God shall call he doesn't use the word baptized for the Holy Ghost here. He uses the word gift. The gift is unto you. The promise. That's how Peter uses the word baptized. He uses that word baptized as gift. Look at that Acts 8.15. Acts 8.15. Whom when they were come down prayed for them that they might receive 
the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Now, in Acts 10, 44, where we read in the house of Cornelius, after they were filled with the Holy Ghost, look at verse 47, Acts 10, 47. Now they were filled, verse 47. Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? Which have received the Holy Ghost. He didn't use baptize. Which have received. Give me that 47 again. Pay attention. Can any man forbid water. That this should be baptized. Which have received the Holy Ghost. As well as we. So he didn't use. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. He used water baptism. He said, can anybody stop these people from water baptism who have received the Holy Ghost, the gift? Alright, so question. Is Peter talking about two baptisms here? Huh? Which one? Water and what? And spirit. So, on two occasions, Peter separates the Holy Ghost coming upon them from baptism because he called it gift. In Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 4 where we read Pentecost, Acts 8 14 to 15 where we read and something changes in Acts 11. Pay attention, Acts 11 15 to 17. Acts 11 15 to 17. As I, and as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. What did he mean by beginning? Pentecost. Pentecost. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. 17. For as much then as God gave them the like gift. Peter uses the word gift for the spirit upon. Doria. The like gift as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. What was I that I could withstand God? This was the first time they summoned him in Jerusalem. So again, he mentions that statement. That Jesus said, you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Now, let's examine brother Paul's question in Acts 19.2. Acts chapter 19 verse 2. He said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Next verse. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Now hold on. Why did Paul use the term baptized? Unto what then 
were you baptized? And they said what? Unto John's baptism. Question. What is John's baptism? Huh? Teaching the message of John eh? and water. Okay? The message of John and water. Unto what then were you baptized? Since you say you have not heard of Holy Ghost. So obviously, what the people what the people were involved in was water baptism. They didn't know Christ, but they had swam. Are you following? Now, so when brother Paul gathered that these people are not born again from what they are saying. Because you can't, you couldn't have been born again and not be born of the spirit. Look at what they answered him in verse 3 and 4 of Acts chapter 19. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism, verse 4. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him that is on christ jesus verse 5 when they had this they were baptized in the name of the lord jesus next verse and when paul had laid his hands upon them the holy ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Baptism or salvation? Huh? Huh? Then he laid hands on them. And they spoke in tongues and prophesied. What was that? Utterance. So brother Paul did not use baptize for utterance. He used baptize for salvation. And then utterance, Holy Ghost. But Peter uses baptism for utterance. Is it clear? Are we clear? Are we clear? Well, if you are not clear, you may have to go and listen again. Because Peter, why did Paul use the term baptized? Peter in Acts 11.15 now, throws us off balance because he now refers to Jesus. Holy Ghost on, on them as it was on us at the first. Acts 1.5 So quickly, let us solve it. Remember, we said a few days ago that Paul did not use baptism and the Holy Ghost in the same spot. He never used baptism and the Holy Ghost. The closest was 1 Corinthians 12.13. That was the closest. Brother Paul never used baptism and the Holy Ghost. Look at Titus 3.4. Titus, one of the pastoral epistles Brother Paul wrote. Titus 3.4. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Verse 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. 
renewing of the Holy Ghost. So, the word baptism is a simple word. It means to be dipped into or submerged into. Every other time Brother Paul used baptism, he was referring to salvation. For example, Romans chapter 6, all the baptism there is salvation. Galatians chapter 3 verse 27, baptized into Christ is salvation. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 4 and 5, one baptism is talking about salvation. Colossians chapter 2 verse 12 to 13, he was referring to salvation. Except 1 Corinthians where he's, he, you know, he referred to baptism in water. Where he said, I baptized, I didn't baptize except one, two, three, which is water baptism. So it appears the language in the book of Acts is different from the language in the epistles. The baptism with the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts, does he refer to the gift of salvation or utterance? Utterance. Can we say the gift of utterance was called baptism with the Holy Ghost or salvation in the book of Acts? Eh? I just want to be sure you understand. That's why I'm twisting the question. Can we say that the gift of utterance was called the baptism with the Holy Ghost or salvation? Where was it used again? Acts 1.5 Acts one eight holy ghost upon so holy ghost upon throughout the book of acts what is he replying referring to utterance baptism of the holy ghost in the book of acts what does he mean eh? so anywhere you see baptism with the holy ghost in the book of acts what are they talking about utterance now where these two baptisms in the book of Acts, water and Holy Ghost, were they in the book of Acts? Did they have two baptisms in the book of Acts? Are we supposed to do two of them? Are we supposed to do the two? How many are we supposed to do? One. Which one? Holy Ghost. Okay. So when did the 120 get saved? I came back again. When did they receive salvation? Let me ask you a simple question. Is the Holy Ghost coming upon salvation? So when did they receive salvation? Keep that somewhere. What did I say? Keep it somewhere. Now, we have established that the word which is the Logos, the message, the reason or the conclusion was the prophecies of the prophets that God expressed himself in a man. That's the message, that's the reason, that's the logic. Why did we say that? Notice that the prophecies that preceded the birth of Christ were very instructive. What we call the birth of Christ actually is the incarnation incarnation simply means another being taking the form of another incarnation another being taking the form of another or better still another being in another status or state 
a being in another status or state coming to bear the image of another that's incarnation another being in another status or state coming to bear the image of another is what we mean by incarnation the incarnation was prophesied by isaiah look at isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 please stay with me isaiah chapter 7 verse number 14 <clears throat> therefore the lord himself shall give you a sign behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. In Genesis 3.15, we have the prophecy of the incarnation. The seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. Then in Isaiah 7.14, a virgin shall conceive. It means the seed did not come from a man. Because women don't have seed. Women fertilize eggs that carry the seed. But in Isaiah, it's a virgin that shall conceive. That means a man is not involved. That's a prophecy. Isaiah 9-7. <clears throat> Isaiah 9-7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this of course you know that the other verse says his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty God prince of peace the word prince there means ruler prince Wonderful means miracles. Now, Micah chapter 5 verse 2, another prophecy of the incarnation. Micah 5 2. Micah, I know you like Malachi. I said Micah. Micah, not Malachi. M-I-C-A-H. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrata. Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me. That is to be a ruler in Israel whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. The prophecy of Jesus and the kind of person he is to be the ruler, prince from of old from everlasting so he's saying the person of jesus pre-existed from of old but he is coming into a person this being that existed from of old is coming into a person from of old from everlasting that is his being pre-exists his coming into a man his being pre-exists his coming into a man are you still in the building look at isaiah seven fourteen again and i'm sure in your mind you're wondering why is papa taking us through all of these 
The day somebody will ask you, God in heaven is not Jesus. Because Jesus is the son of God. Does God have a wife? Why does he have a son? That is the day you will value this work I'm doing here. When you will stand face to face with a man who is attacking the deity of Christ. That's when you will need all these scriptures that I'm giving you now. And very soon somebody will, will confront you. It's a prophecy. You will see it come to pass. So you better not be looking at me like that. You better get busy because this is where the robber meets the road concerning your faith. His goings are of old. Meaning he pre-existed before coming into a person. Are we still in the building? Isaiah 714. Isaiah 714. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. There, there's no interpretation for the word Emmanuel in that context. Emmanuel was used twice in Hebrews once for a people. Look at Isaiah 8.8. Emmanuel. Isaiah 8.8. And he shall pass through Judah. He shall overflow and go over. He shall reach even to the neck. And the stretching out of his wings shall fill the breath of thy land. Oh, Emmanuel. In the Hebrew, when that word was used, it was used to depict presence. Emmanuel. El Manuel. El, the word El is used for El Elion. 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 El. Emmanuel. Which describes God. Manuel has to do with be with. Be with. Manuel speaks of a presence. Now, you wonder what the uniqueness was the uniqueness of Emmanuel. God was with his people. Because he is Jehovah. Exodus chapter 6 verse 3. So what's the point? That word wit. Wit. Describes a union. That is a coming together. Not just a presence of appearance. But a presence of joining. Emmanuel. God with us. Is a presence of joining. That is, we are going to see them together. Some Bible scholars will call it hypostatic union. Hypostatic union. So, God with us means God with. That is, a union of. A joining of. What you can call a major. Major is different from acquisition. If we say a bank acquired another bank. That is, the, 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 the entity they acquired loses identity. It loses identity. It is swallowed. And it is deprived and ripped off of its identity. It now puts on the identity of the bank that acquired it. So that's not a measure. That's an acquisition. Acquisition is where a buyer... Totally swallows the person is buying. When you have a major, a major is where two people come together as one. There was Exxon, 
and there was Mobile. Two different companies. Exxon, Mobile. Two different companies. They now decided to come together as one. As a major, they are now called Exxon Mobile. That's a major. That's a union of two entities that still maintain their identity. Shagabayada. So, Emmanuel is God with. That is deity merging with humanity in a way that deity and humanity exist together. That's why it's hypostatic union. That is Jesus is 100% a man as though not God and 100% God as though not man. Is a major, Emmanuel. Teaching good? Emmanuel. Stay with me. So the word Emmanuel is a union. So when you say Emmanuel, we are referring to a union of God and man. A merging of God and man. And that union is given a name, Christ. God who became a man is called Christ. So when we say Christ, Christ, what do we mean? I have told you before, as students of the Bible, you can have a Greek interpretation of a word. But you will need to look at it in context. What is this meaning? Look at the issue of tongues we've been talking about. Tongues is a word used all over the Bible. But you can't say anywhere it is used. He's talking about speaking in tongues. You must look at tongues in context. What is this man saying? You must examine that. So when we say Christ, on the face of it, if you say Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus, when we say that, what does the term Christ mean? Don't forget, there's a prophecy that said God with us. Emmanuel. And I told you, it's not just presence, but it's a presence of joining. Are we in the building? Then he says, Jesus Christ. Why was his name not called Emmanuel? The prophecy says his name shall be Emmanuel. But when he was born, he was called Jesus Christ. Nobody ever called him Emmanuel. His only music ministers that call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel. The angel spoke in Matthew 121. Put it up for me. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The angel spoke. His name shall be called Yeshua. How many of you have come across people who are very, very touchy about Yeshua? Yeshua. Don't call Jesus Jesus. We call him Yeshua. If you don't call him Yeshua, God will not answer the prayer. Twa, don't take your literacy away from me. Somebody who has not studied is trying to exercise authority. You're only an authority after you have studied. You can't just be an authority just because you copy something somewhere. Are we, are we teaching good here? 
Leave all those Jewish Christians. Yeshua means Joshua. Joshua. Yeshua. Jesus. Jesus in Hebrew is Joshua. So when you say Joshua, you're actually saying Jesus. Are we together here? And anybody bearing Joshua is bearing Jesus. That's the meaning of Jesus. Joshua. Yeshua. Yeshua. That's the Hebrew. So when we say Christ, what do you mean? Look at Matthew 16, 16. As I begin to round up. Matthew 6. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Next verse. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Berjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So, this is a revelation that came to him from the Father. The revelation is, he is called Christ. You are the Christ. The son of the living God. He didn't say you are Emmanuel. He said you are the Christ. Look at Acts chapter 2 verse 36. Acts chapter 2 verse 36. Are you enjoying this? Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified both Lord and Christ. Both Lord and Christ. So when he rose from the dead, Peter calls him Christ in his earthly walk. When he rose from the dead in verse 33, look at 33, Acts 2, 33. See what Peter said about Jesus. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he had shed for this, which you now see and hear. Next verse. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit down on my right hand. Next verse. Until I make thy foes thy footstool. 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. He calls him Christ even after he rose from the dead. He called him Christ before he died. That was the Christ. When he rose from the dead, he said, God had made Jesus, whom God has raised from the dead, both Lord and Christ. Luke 24, 26. Luke 24, 26. Ought not Christ, ought not Christ, to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory what do you mean suffer look at verse 46 Luke 24 46 Luke 24 46 and said unto them thus it is written and thus it behoove Christ to suffer who is to suffer Christ who is to suffer Christ and to rise from the dead the third day so that suffering was referring to death. The death of Christ. So it was prophesied 
that Christ will die, be buried, rise again the third day. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 to 4. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 to 4. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Next verse. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So, whoever is Christ will die. Whoever is Christ will be buried. And whoever is Christ will rise again. In other words, that means the term Christ, therefore, will refer to a human being. Because God does not die. So Christ is the name of the man. The man that came out of deity into humanity his name is christ christ will suffer christ will die christ died christ was buried christ rose from the dead because it is christ that rose from the dead now let me close with this one tomorrow we take off from here look matthew 22 verse 42 jesus is speaking to the pharisees and sadducees saying what think ye of christ whose son is he they say unto him the son of david 43 he saith unto them how then doth david in spirit call him lord saying so that's a prophecy that means david prophesied in spirit okay 44 the Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? What a question. What a question. Did David speak by the Spirit and call Christ his son? Huh? When David called Christ his son, was he speaking by the Spirit? Huh? Yes, he was speaking by the Spirit. Of course. Now, look at Acts 2.29. Because it won't be good I hang you. Let me just give you that scripture. Acts 2.29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David. That he is both dead and buried. And his sepulchre is with us unto the... David has died, is buried. His tomb is here. Thirty. Therefore, being a prophet, who is a prophet? And knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him, him who? David. That of the fruit of his loins, the loins of a human being or the loins of God? A human being. According to the flesh, he will raise up who? Who is Christ? A man who came out of the loins of a man to sit on his throne. So even in prophecy, the word Christ is the name of a man who came out of deity. So when Jesus now said to them, how come David in the spirit calls him Lord? You know why they kept quiet? They had no answer. 
If he came out of David's loins, why is David calling him my Lord? No father calls his biological son my Lord. You know what Jesus is trying to prove to those people? That the Christ is not David's son. Even though he's David's son. That is, the Christ is a union. Stand up, let's close. It's a union of deity in humanity. So that humanity that came out of deity is called what? Christ. Is it getting clear? You don't want us to close. Stand up. <laughs> Praise God. Think about that. We take off from there tomorrow. There are a number of terms, terminologies, and concepts of the New Testament and the scriptures will be unpacking between now and Sunday. And it's, it's critical for you to pay very close attention because that will help in forming the foundation of your understanding of the scriptures. Can I have a good amen? Father, we pray for everybody under the sound of my voice that the revelation of Jesus grows big on your inside until nothing else matters. In the name of Jesus, the eyes of your understanding flooded with light. Whatever is not planted by God, rooted out. We declare you blessed and kept by the power of God in the name of Jesus and we rejoice that all over the world the knowledge of the glory of the Lord floods the earth as the water covers the sea father we give you praise that your people are built up and equipped every day so we stand forth in the midst of darkness and shine the glorious light we give you praise in Jesus precious name and every believer says that amen on a note of finality in another two minutes, I'll be joining Mr. Michael Bush. We'll answer your questions and respond to your calls. But just because before we do that, grab your offerings. Let's give with joy. If you're watching online, the banking details are scrolling. On television, the banking details are scrolling. Radio audience, get ready. Mr. Bush is going to give you banking details. We give in faith. We give in honor of our King and our Lord Jesus Christ. We give in honor as responsible children of God so that the work of our Father continues to advance upon the face of the earth. Don't forget that Sunday is Partnership Sunday and we're going to have a wonderful time as we pray for all partners of this ministry and we thank all of you that are partners who continually give towards this ministry to enable us continue to spread the gospel all over the earth. Father, we give in faith tonight. We give with joy. Our offerings are a sweet smell before you and we thank you for everyone giving. We decree that everyone giving tonight your needs are met according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus thank you father for the blessing upon your people in Jesus precious name and every believer says a powerful amen well audience around the world tv social media radio audience in another minute or so be joining mr michael bush you don't want to go away you want to stay and be part of the answers and questions session as we connect with the rest of the world in another minute or so glory to god let's celebrate our viewers around the world for being a part of this service tonight glory amen you have been blessed by this message for these all the messages and books by Dr. Abel Damino. Please call plus 234-806-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com. You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your spirit and in your body, which are God's. 
so your spirit and your body is sealed until the day when mortality puts on immortality sin cannot break the seal individual mistakes cannot break the seal persecution cannot break the seal nakedness cannot break the seal hunger cannot break the seal famine cannot break the seal i am fully persuaded that nothing in this life nor in the life to come shall be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ where are you in christ what keeps you there the love of god Join Drs. Abel and Rachel Daminer in New Christian Camp Meeting 2021 and Ask the Counselor with Michael Bush. Theme in Christ Realities. Ministering Dr. Abel Daminer. Date 31st January to 14th February 2021. Time Mondays to Saturdays 6 p.m. daily on Inspiration FM 105.9 Comfort FM 95.1 Excel FM 106.9 Radio Aquaibo 90.5 Unio FM 100.7 and Heritage FM 104.9 and also live on Sunday 7.30 a.m. first service and 10.30 a.m. second service Venue Power City International Number 98 Wangibo Road Uyo Aquaibom State Nigeria. You can also watch this program live on Kingdom Live Network TV on your strong decoder or my TV decoder. You can also follow Abel Damino's Facebook page, Public Figure, as well as YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram handles to watch real time. Host Doctors Abel and Rachel Damino. Thank you for staying tuned. We just move straight to the announcement that the radio audience will be waiting for bank details. The three banks, as always, there's FCMB, there's ZF, and there's UBA. Of course, the account name remains the same. One account name in three places. The account name is Power City International. There's FCMB 2982268. 2028. That's for FCMB, account name Power City International. The second account and uh, the second bank is Zenith. It's 10 12 36 65 Am I right there? 10 12 36 59 12. 
10, 12, 36, 59, 12. That's for Zenith. The account name is Power City International. But of course, and then finally, UBA 139, 26, 465, 139, 26, 465. Quickly, quickly. Um, in another 10 minutes, we should be opening the windows for your telephone calls to come into the building. And um, that number for you to dial is plus two three four if you're doing from outside the country. Otherwise, it's 0806 800 If you're doing from outside the country, of course, plus two three four before all of that. Also, email. Ask the counselor now at gmail.com if you want to send that by email and SMS plus two three four seven zero three six nine one eight six four two. Finally, for sponsorship, just call up plus two three four eight zero three two seven five six one zero four. You email Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. Dr. Day is uh, GRO, of course. I'm done with those um, opening announcements just in time to go join the man of the moment, the man without whom we cannot run this uh, part of the show. I mean, the entire show is just centered around one man. I was going to say, so the show is uh, Damina-centric, right? <laughs> okay. Okay. So, Global Bar is still on set. Um, I'll show him to you in a moment. Let me just first acknowledge that the resident pastor of Power City International right here, number 98 Wangiba Road in the heart of Uyo, Akwaibum State, Nigeria, is here with his dear wife, Pastor Presokon, and wife Uyime. Put your hands together for them. My producer is also here, Pastor IJ Kwera, and his production team. My name is Michael Bush. I'm super excited to be here. But Global Baba is also here, international televangelist, a prolific author, and someone who just teaches the word the way you've never heard before. Help me welcome Global Baba, Dr. Abel Damina. Intercontinental, Mr. Bush. Good evening. Global Baba, so nice to see you. What a blessing. So, so nice to see you. Praise God. That has been your day. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. I'm on radio. I had to go sign on the program, come here. And okay, then, okay. The usual. <laughs> the magic. The usual. The usual. <laughs> so nice to see you, Global Baba. Um, we'll just pray. We'll just say the stage As usual. the ritualistic prayer. Let's pray together. Father, we rejoice that your word is flooding the nations. Hearts of men are open to the truth of the gospel. Minds of men are being rewired by the Holy Ghost through the teaching of your word. And we thank you that even where there was resistance, the resistance is collapsing. Because you can do nothing against the truth but for the truth. The word of God covers the earth as the water covers the sea. So we ask that laborers are released to the nations of the earth to teach and preach and disciple men. All over the world we declare that there's an exodus of men from darkness to light. And we decree that even in our state, our nation and other nations of the earth, our governments continue to, to be used as instruments of creating an enabling environment for the gospel to thrive. And we thank you, Lord, that your word finds free cause, even and it is glorified around the world as it is glorified with us. We give you praise and glory. And we pray specifically for ministers of the gospel that are in countries where there is heavy persecution, where there is strong opposition from the government down against the gospel we pray that they have boldness that they continue to preach with boldness we pray for strength for such ministers and for such believers and we decree that even in the midst of persecution the gospel thrives most we give you praise and glory in jesus name amen amen, amen. okay global baba we set to go as i said in another seven minutes we should be taking telephone calls also i'll be taking a couple of uh um, live audience questions as soon 
as the time is now enough and the tide is high enough. Okay, Lubaba, we spend the night in Uyo, uh, Akwaibum State, so we're going to be starting here from on this edition of the program. So I got this anonymous entry, says, God bless you, sir. Please, I would like to know how I can see the manifestation of Jesus' finished work in my life, like, you know, in the areas of healing, spiritual growth, provision, etc. I thought that when I claimed the promises of God for my life, I will not be attacked by sickness and diseases, yet these challenges still come. So how do I live? How do I enjoy the manifestations of Jesus' finished work? Thank you, sir, for your quick response. God bless you. Amen. Well, first of all, you must set your focus right. If your focus is seeing Jesus as a means to an end, you're already wrong. Because Jesus is not a means to an end. Jesus is the end. Once you find Christ, you find true satisfaction. You find true fulfillment. Nothing can be beyond Christ. Nothing can be better than Christ. Christ is the ultimate. And that's very important. You must be able to receive the gospel in a way that Christ becomes your ultimate satisfaction. Jesus said, if all our hope is in this world, we are of all men most miserable. So there is something better than money, cars, and houses, and it is Christ himself. He said to that woman, if you drink of the well, you will thirst again. But the water that I give you, you never thirst. Jesus is the gift of God that satisfies. However, after receiving Christ, I'm contented with having Christ. As you begin to grow in the knowledge of Christ and feed on Christ and grow in the knowledge of Christ, all of the realities of God on your inside begins to find expression. Things like your authority, things like the fruit of the Spirit, things like all that Christ has provided. Now, however, remember, your body is still mortality. So the fact that your body gets sick doesn't mean you don't have the promises of God. It just shows you that this body is mortal. And that is why this body shall be swallowed up by immortality. So while we are still in this body, we have up and downs. That's why Brother Paul said, in this body we groan, not desiring to be naked, but that mortality should be swallowed by immortality. So there's a groaning in this body because of the limitations that this body poses. However, as you grow in the knowledge of Christ, you're able to exercise authority and keep your body in the best possible way. But don't forget, it's not just reliant on your authority. There are also common sense things you do to keep this body. Remember, this body came from the dust. Therefore, it must survive by the things that come from the earth, like good food, rest well, sleep well. All of that are part of the things that helps you to live a healthy life. Okay, Global Baba, another anonymous, no, it's not anonymous, it's just anonymous in the fact that they didn't tell us where he's writing from, but I mean, it could be Jolly Well Be With You, so his name is Mega, or his or her name is Mega, he says, hello, Global Baba, thank you so much for your labor of love and for teaching us the true gospel. Please pray and counsel me over my brother, Salom. He drinks excessively, Global Baba, and he's drunk almost every day. He even went to rehab for the same problem, but he only stopped drinking for a while and he started again. I'd also preached to him the gospel and had given him teachings to listen to several times, but he refuses the teachings and would only be interested for a while, and he's back at it again. It also went to a point of him accepting Christ, but his condition remains the same. He drinks to a point, global baba, he doesn't know where he is. Not only does he drink excessively, but he also smokes and is in debt because of his drinking condition. They started when he was 17 years old, and now, Global Baba, he's 31. Things don't seem to improve. Please, what can we do? Thank you, Mega. 
Well, as it is with all addictions, not just alcohol, all addictions, smoking, porn, and you know, you know all, all addictions, it's all because of you know, lack of identity, lack of an understanding of who you are. And it boils down to identity crisis. The moment you don't know who you are, you become a victim. You become um, uh, a slave. You are bound. Suddenly, you cannot enjoy the freedom that is yours in Christ. So what do you do with your brother who is given to alcohol? Well, the first thing is you've got to expose him to the message of Christ. Let him begin to feed on Christ. Christ is the true satisfaction. What the guy is looking for is satisfaction. He thinks alcohol can give him. Some other people think, you know, uh, womanizing can give them. Some other people think, you know, uh, smoking will give them that satisfaction. So the more they drink, the more they want to drink, the more they drink, they have a false sense of satisfaction. And then suddenly it wears off and they go back again. So it becomes an addiction and it becomes a circle of bondage. However, when somebody begins to feed on Christ, begins to grow in the knowledge of Christ, gets baptized with the Holy Ghost, begins to speak in tongues, and begins to enjoy what Christ has provided, suddenly his need for natural things to give him that satisfaction begins to disappear. That is how to break addictions. And we have a number of people who have reached out to us who say just by listening to the things that I teach, they are free from different kinds of addictions. So your brother can be totally liberated if you expose him to these teachings and just begin to pray for him for his eyes to be open. Not just your brother, all others who are having addiction problems. That is how to free yourself from such addictions. Okay, Global Baba, we make um, progress. I'm still staying in New York, of course. Hello, Global Baba. Dr. Abel Damina, your sermons are so lifting. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our Savior. Please, do you have a Bible school? Is it open to all irrespective of Christian denomination? Attend Cherubim and Seraphim Church. God bless you, son. Be assured. Stay fast in movable, always in abounding in the work of the Lord, for your labor in the Lord is not in vain. First Corinthians 15, 58. Furthermore, I just want to say that um, the intercontinental Mr. Michael Bush is doing a great job on air. Thank you. You're saying Jesus Christ. Nsikak. Wow, Nsikak, what a blessing to have you reach out to us. Well, we have a Bible school. That Bible school comes up every July. It's a whole month of Bible school, and it's open to everybody. Cherubim, Seraphim, why, you know, um, uh, Celestial Church of Christ, open to Pentecostals, Orthodox, I mean, open to Muslims, open to Buddhists, open to uh, any homosexuals, lesbians. The Bible school is open to everybody. You know, it's for everybody to be trained to know Christ. So look forward to July, and we'll be looking forward to welcoming you to our Bible school. The intercontinental. My prayer is that when I grow older, I should not look for trouble the way Global Baba does. Oh, Global Baba. Okay, greetings, Global Baba and Mr. Michael Bush. Please, sir, in Matthew 26, 39, all the way to 42. How did Matthew get it at account when he was not among the three disciples with Christ and the three were sleeping when Christ went further to pray? Could it be by revelation? Thank you, sir. Well, again, remember... All of these accounts, the people that were around the apostles and disciples had these stories from them. And based on what they heard, they communicated to those who documented. Okay, I'm just trying to see whether I can now leave Akwaibum. Okay, let's, let's go to Wari. Wari is in Delta State. Yemi writes, Dear Global Baba, I thank God for the insight into the word of God. If the disciples were not born again before Christ rose, what then happened in Matthew 10, 1? 
where Jesus sent them to preach the gospel. Were they not saved then? Well, remember, he gave them power to go and clean and cast out unclean spirits. He gave them power, delegated authority. He delegated to them his authority. And they went in his authority. That's why they say the demons were subject to us through your name. So they were operating by delegated authority. Okay, Global Baba from uh, Delta State. Let's just go to next door, Edo, Bidin City now. Please have some personal issues, which I've tried my best to resolve, but they have persisted over the years, and I need your counsel on how to overcome them. One, I'm a born-again Christian. I love and serve God, but have been experiencing stagnation, failure, and delay in many areas of my life. I've fasted and prayed, but yet I'm still I'm suffering. Two, I do have bad dreams most times, Global Baba. I see myself in the village. I left for over 20 years now. And in most cases, I see myself living in the same old house, the same dreams my elder sister is having, and as such, we are battling poverty despite all efforts we make. Three, I've gained admission to study in the university for four years, and after six years, I haven't graduated. It's been from one carryover to another, despite reading hard for the exams, and finally four, and many more challenges I've been experiencing. So, counselor, how do I overcome all these? Please, I need your counsel as soon as possible. Godwin from Benin City, Edo State, Global Baba. We'll just go to our first caller first, though. Hello. Yeah, hello. Many thanks for joining us. Your name, yeah. where are you calling from? Yeah, good evening. So I'm calling from Delta State. Your name? My name is Essay. I want to ask a question on forgiveness of sin before and after the law. Okay. On one of your Christian said treat meal. Okay. You said we have obtained internal forgiveness. Yes. That was what that was the light that was what you said at the end of the administration. Yes. So sir, my question is even if a man or a believer sinned with or without confession, is granted is he granted forgiveness? Yes, of course. Now you must remember that the forgiveness of sin is not predicated on you confessing anything. The reason why Jesus died is because of your sins. He died for the sins. So automatically by his death, your sins are taken care of. So in Christ Jesus, if a believer be overtaken, if a brother be overtaken, or a believer gets into sin, the Bible's recommendation is that those that are spiritual should restore him. So there is a restoration. But of course that restoration is not confessing sins. That restoration is that Elders in Christ, who you look up to, are able to take you, keep you down, show you who you are in Christ, show you what the scripture says about you, so that you, your, your identity is made very real to you. The moment you come face to face with your identity, that appetite for that misbehavior suddenly disappears because now you know who you really are. And that's how believers are taken care of where sinful acts are concerned. Remember, Jesus already died for you. And the Bible says, as you stay in the light of his word, the blood of Jesus is always cleaning you from every sin. It is an automatic work that you receive from the advocacy of Jesus, guaranteeing you totally cleansed. The reason why you're thinking of confessing sin is because you're thinking of stealing, fornication, adultery. But there are other sins that you commit in the course of the day that you're not even aware of. And if you must confess sin to be forgiven, then there, that means that there are a lot of sins in your life that are not forgiven. Then that means you will never make it to heaven. So the point is this. Jesus' death took care of all our sins, both known and unknown. So whenever you find yourself do wrong, all you need to do is 
receive what Christ has done, rise up in strength and tell yourself you're bigger than what you just did. And when you say that, the consciousness of who you are destroys the appetite for further continuity in that act. So what we have in Christ is eternal forgiveness. Okay, from Edo to Rivers. Hello, Global Baba. My name is Prince Kalu. I'm in Portacot. Did we answer that Edo you read? Yes, I, the oh, I read it was uh, a yeah, full okay. Okay, yes. the, the, the global, thank you. What That's was it? What was it? Okay, it's um, it's the whole lot. It's just talking about stagnation in his life. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, that. yes. All right, now, first of all, you must realize that even if you are not a Christian, you will have still been having that stagnation. So, you're not having that stagnation because you're a Christian or because you're not a Christian, it is because of your exposure. You must have a mindset where they have already taught you, they've given you a consciousness. That tells you as long as you keep having those dreams, you will keep experiencing backwardness. And as a man thinketh, so is he. So what do you need to be free? You need to expose yourself to sound teaching. Sound teaching. You see, the teaching of God's word is a cure to 99.9999 problems of Christians. Expose yourself to sound teaching. The word of God is for reproof. And it is for correction. It will reprove you, it will correct you, and it will instruct you in righteousness. That's what the teaching of God's word do. It will change your mindset. And when your thinking changes, your life experiences will be affected. So you need to change your mind by exposing yourself to the sound teaching of God's word. Just as we now expose the next caller on okay. air. Hello. Hello. Good evening, Many thanks for joining us, ma'am. You know where you're calling from. I'm Ivan. Good evening, Global Baba. Good evening. Bless you. Bless you, sir. Thank you. Um, we gave us instructions to study the Bible gospel. And yesterday, while studying the book of Matthew, the chapter four, the record that the devil took him. That I quote, "Hey, you are talking about the book of Jesus." So I want to sample the devil that was recorded in that chapter. Who is he? And then I already know that devil cannot carry Jesus. So what does he mean by it? And the devil took him. Okay. And then life So how can Jesus and um, Satan be in the same place at the same time? And then again, what does he mean? What does Jesus mean in Matthew 12, 39 to 32? And again, can you please explain the wedding banquet in Matthew 22? And when again, Jesus was talking about he went and, and he would be invited guests. And they did not come, so you have to go out and invite people by the prostitutes and every banner. And then a, a man came who was not addressing him, but you are not properly dressed. What does that kind of mean in, in Christ reality? Okay, I know that you're going to have all those questions. In fact, today we were reading, I think, some portion in the book of Mark or something with the family, and those issues also came up and we discussed on them. Remember the parables of Jesus, we are not literal. So every time Jesus gave a parable, the mission of the parable was to reveal him to Israel. So let me start with the parables before I go to the temptation. Every parable Jesus gave, whether it was the people that were invited and refused to come and they went to the highways. He was talking about the Jewish people whom he came for and they rejected him and he opened the door to the Gentiles. All right, all the, all the parables were concerning the fact that Jesus was among them and they were looking for Jesus to come. He was using parables to reveal to them that he was the one among them even the one that the person came without a, a a wedding cloth he came to attend the marriage supper 
He was just telling the people that, you know, there's a wedding going on and some of you are attending the wedding that you have been preparing for without wearing the wedding gown. Meaning you are rejecting me who is supposed to clothe you and qualify you for the Messiah that you are waiting for. All of those were parables to reveal Christ. Now the temptation of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 was actually theologians tell us it was a summary of all the temptations that Jesus had in life. The loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, the pride of life. It was just the way Matthew reported it. The reportage of Matthew was why it made it sound like that. Jesus and Satan didn't travel to a mountain. All of those were temptations in the mind of Jesus. Thoughts that Satan kept throwing into Jesus' mind that Jesus resisted and refused to succumb to. Remember, he was tempted in all points, yet without sin. So that's a summary of the temptations that Jesus was exposed to as a man. He was tempted in the pride of life, the loss of the eyes, the loss of the flesh, summarized by Matthew in Matthew chapter 4 as the devil taking Jesus to a high mountain. It's a style of writing. I hope that helps you. I especially, yes, I especially like the evangel, that idea of and again and again and again. I, I thought I, I didn't know how we were going to end with that one, but this next <laughs> caller. Hello. Okay. Hello? Yes, many thanks for joining us. Your name, where are you calling from? Hello, my name is uh, Luke. I'm calling from Ondo State. Good evening, sir. Evening. Bless you. Uh, uh, please, actually, I have a question. It's based on uh, baptism. In the book of Acts of Apostles, chapter 8, talking about the the encounter Philip had with the token Enoch. Um, after the conversation, Philip baptized him with water, and after which he received the Holy Ghost. So, but I, I followed Daddy's uh, teaching, and I discovered that he said, uh, whole, um, "Water baptism is not necessary." So, why should he now? baptizing with water, and at the same time, he received the Holy Ghost at the same time. So that's the question. Then another thing is, I've heard some people talking about, uh, some pastors maybe preaching about generational causes. Like, um, maybe whereby the second son is taking over, or overtaking the first son in some families. And when you look at it sometimes, it appears to be true. So, but I don't know. I want you to throw more light on this. Thank you, sir. All right. If you've been following the teaching, that's why I keep teaching and I say pay attention. Pay attention. Because if you've been paying attention, you will have heard a few days ago, I said the book of Acts is not a doctrinal material. And that's what we've been proving as we keep teaching. It was a journalistic account of what, how the New Testament church evolved, how it grew. So, in chapter 8, they were still growing. But if you follow closely, after chapter 8, you won't see any other water baptism. Because shortly after chapter 8, Paul the Apostle came into the church and brought sound teaching. And when Brother Paul came into the church, nobody was baptizing anymore. So all of those were, were part of their growth period. And in their growth, they had what we call cross-testamental application. They carried over practices from the Old Testament. But as they grew in Christ, they dropped those practices. Remember, the prophecy is John said, I baptize with water, but the mightier than I will not use water. He will use Holy Ghost. The day of John is gone. This is the day of Jesus. 
Jesus does not use water. He uses Holy Ghost. So when you receive Jesus, you are baptized into Christ. You are baptized with the Holy Ghost. And once you receive the Holy Ghost, by salvation, you don't need water anymore because you're already saved. It's one baptism, and that baptism is receiving Christ. Okay, fantastic. I, a producer, in another two or three minutes, we should um, take uh, live audience questions. We just hold on to phone calls for now. Let me just uh, move around the world more. Hello, Global Baba. My name is Prince Kalu. I'm in Potaka. Please pray for me. Everything about me just turned bad. My wife left me with kids and ran away. Please, Daddy, I need words of prayers for God's mercy on my life. I think the same answer we gave to, yeah. to I don't know, what was that? there was that a phone call about listening more, yeah. listening to the word yeah. more. Yeah. You could find your help yes. there. Just pay more attention to the teaching of God. So it will really help you a lot. You know, but, but it doesn't stop us from praying for you. Receive peace. Receive clarity, and in the name of Jesus, we declare an intervention in your situation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. To Abuja, we fly, that's flying from River State, we fly straight into Abuja. God bless you, uh, uh, Global Baba and Mr. Michael Bush. Kindly explain, First Corinthians 3.17. If any man defiles the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy. Which temple ye are? PMO in Abuja. What it simply means is if you get yourself into defilement, God is absent from that defilement. And because God is absent, if you expose yourself to defilement, you have a lot of things, you have consequences to confront. That's what he was talking about, Brother Paul. When he was talking about preserving your body, and he was talking about, you know, knowing that you, you carry Christ. So you don't carelessly live a life where you create a room for the devil to torment you physically. From the Namdiazikiwe International Airport in Abuja, Nigeria, flying straight to Spain. Hello, Global Baba. Please, I really need your help. Please, I don't know what to do about um, this. I do have sex in my dream. Whenever I sleep, before I knew it, I would get wet all over, with, uh, all over my body with sperm. My name is Kelechi Augustin Duru. I'm based in Spain. I'm still single. Please, Pastor. Help me out of this one. Kelechi, there are two reasons why you have wet dreams. The first one is biological. All right. Every, every boy, every guy that grew from boyhood to, to, to youth to manhood or to being a man had wet dreams one time or the other. It's, it's biological. If you ask doctors, they will affirm that. That is part of the proof that your entire reproductive system is functional. In fact, it's just like erection. Boys have erections without any reason. Is part of establishing that your reproductive system is alive. So and that is why mothers or fathers who observe that their boys don't have erection, they start complaining because it's not healthy and it's not normal. It's part of growth and development. However, when it becomes too much and you start having sexual dreams, it could also refer to the fact that maybe you are spending more time in things that are illicit, movies, porn, you're spending time discussing with people that talk about filthy things, dirty things, you know, erotic things, you know, sexual things. And if you're exposed to such things, there's no, there's no magic. You're going to have those kind of dreams. So what do you do? Begin to renew your mind with the word of God. Spend more time hearing the word. Spend more time in the word of God. And keep reminding yourself that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And as you begin to feed on the word of God, you say, well, without shall a young man cleanse his ways. By taking heed thereunto according to God's word. He says the word of God is water that washes you. So as you spend more time in the word, it begins to clean you of things that could be responsible in your mind 
for those wet dreams. But once your mind is clean and you have once in a while wet dreams, it's part of your biology. If you ask doctors, they will confirm that. Okay, from Paris um, in France, we'll be going straight to another European stop. That is Spain. First though, we just have someone finished business back in the live studio. Hello, your name? Good evening, Papa. Evening. I'm, Bless I'm you. I'm by name. Okay. Papa, um, this is the time to, I want to cease to thank you for the word that you've been helping to build us up. And one of the best things that has ever happened in my life is the interpretation of the scripture that you've made us to understand. So, let's, going straight to the point, just yesterday I was passing through the street and I saw one of these billboards and we're quoting this verse of the scripture, um, this Joel 2.25 that says, and I restore you the years that the locust, the canker worm, we know the scripture. So, the very first thing, um, the first thing that came into my mind was like, what is this scripture saying? Because I've been talking about the scriptures for years, so I had to go and read the entire scripture, as you've taught us to read um, verses of the scripture in context, the pretext, the post-text. So I actually went and did that. When I read, at the end of it, I came into terms that what this place was actually referring to was God restoring his people, which was through Christ. That's the concept of salvation. So, Papa, I would like to know, why is it that, is it that people have, the preachers of the gospel, that they have intentionally been knowing this and they don't want to make this known to the people or they don't know at all? Now, there are two other two questions that I want to ask. So a friend of mine was talking about, um, you know, working in the supernatural without knowledge. That knowledge has nothing to do with the supernatural. So is that possible? And he equally said something today too. He said that when, if Jesus was um, talking, um, saying gibberish things, when he said that, when he mentioned the aspect of um, um, harvesters being little. So now I want to ask you, sir. This aspect of calling regarding today's Christocentric meal, how do you attest to this fact? How do you explain for them to get better that as New Testament believers that we are all called, that we don't need to hear a voice from God before we go into the ministry? Thank you, sir. All right, very good. The first question you asked has to do with pastors. Are pastors not aware of this? Well, let me be honest with you. A lot of pastors don't even know the Bible at all that they preach because many of them they didn't get any form of training. They were just full of zeal full of excitement and people told them you have a call in my day i don't know about today once somebody is very zealous he's always going for evangelism always coming for prayer meeting if they see that he's very committed you will hear people start telling him you have a call you have a call and then after the person thinks he has a call he takes the bible and as he takes the bible he just starts saying things that sound good or he copies what other people are doing and that's his own ministry so many pastors really don't know they don't know what you know Many didn't have any training. And then others who are training, they, 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 some of them are not paying attention to the rules of Bible teaching and Bible preaching. They just preach what people want to hear so they can gather crowd. They preach what will make people feel good so that they can gather crowd. That's where the dilemma is. So that is why as we keep preaching the truth, it will become glaring the difference between the truth and falsehood. And people will be forced to preach the truth of the gospel. And those who are ignorant in ministry, when they start hearing the truth, you will find out that they become humble and they begin to learn so that they too can be efficient in ministry. Then on the area of calling, every child of God is called. Romans chapter 8 says, for those he foreknew, he predestinated. Those he predestinated, he called. Those he called, he justified. So every born again believer is called. However, God brings us into the church 
and gives us pastors who feed us with knowledge. And when you are fed with knowledge, you grow. When you grow spiritually, the fruit of spiritual growth is ministry. You now want to preach. You now want to be a blessing to people. So the message that saves you makes a messenger out of you. And then Jesus never spoke in tongues. Because when Jesus was on earth, the spirit was not yet given. So he never spoke in tongues. Speaking in tongues is a gift that came from Jesus after his resurrection. That's why the first speaking in tongues was on the day of Pentecost. And from that day till today, the apostles, all of them spoke in tongues. And every believer ought to speak in tongues. Jesus said, this sign shall follow all those that believe. They speak in tongues. And speaking in tongues is, 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 is not a language of men. Now, your friend that told you that the supernatural is not taught, he himself doesn't know what he's talking about. Brother Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 says, Now concerning spirituals, I will not have you ignorant. That means there is a teaching that is required in order for you to operate in the supernatural. Globoba, thank you. Um, I know that the second live uh, audience question is ready. First, though, I just need to go complete this trip to Paris in France. I'm Steve from Paris. I really am blessed by your teachings, Global Baba. I'm so thankful to God for making me come in contact with your teachings. Since I began to follow you, my Christian life and ministry have changed totally. I really honor you and appreciate the great work that you do for the body of Christ, Global Baba. Also, after a counsel from you, I began my ministry here in Paris, starting with a weekly Bible meeting on Zoom. Now it is growing. We have taken a venue and we have our service every Sunday. I would like to have a prayer and a blessing from Global Baba because I was being trained for ministry in a church for some five years where the real gospel was not preached. But since I came in contact with the teachings, everything just changed for me. Now I know that here in Paris we will take over this country and all Europe with the true gospel of Jesus Christ. So Global Baba, can I have a word of prayer and counsel or instruction for, the, for this new mission we are beginning? Finally, one of my goals for this year, 2021, is that one year from now, we'll have grown well and we'll invite you for a massive conference here in Paris. Thank you. Pastor Steve Guifard is in Paris, France. Wow, Pastor Steve, congratulations. I will also encourage you to join our mentoring academy. That will give you an opportunity to interact with me one-on-one -on -one every week. And it will help you as you grow. When you have issues, you can always reach out to me. If you join the mentoring academy however father i pray for pastor steve that he has utterance he has boldness he is kept by your power and his ministry continues to find expression and the word of the lord grows mightily in the whole of Paris. in jesus name amen amen live audience question number two and the last on this edition hello hello good evening church good evening mr bush Good evening, Pastor. Bless you. Welcome. Global Baba, I want to say thank you for what God is using you to do. Truly, I'm blessed with your teaching. I just want to move straight to the question. What's your name? Okay. Sorry. My name is Udeben Brownson. Okay, go ahead. I just want to move straight to the question. It's about this tradition something. It's about the family inheritance, as in when the parents died now, in sharing of the property as in the will. It happens that, uh, like in my place, I said before you take part as in to inherit what your father left for, you have to like, you know, they, you have to meet a certain demand. Like they will call, come and give goods, come and give this, come and give that. After you like, you cooked 
you know, prepare something for them. And after they say, should each of the male children should come and be giving money, you know, give good, give this and give that. So I want to, I want to ask if truly is, is right for a believer for inside my spirit, I know that it's not right for a believer to get into such thing because I see it as economic waste. So I just want Kluba uh, Baba to say something about it. Thank you, sir. When they ask Jesus that kind of question, they asked Jesus, is it okay to pay tax? And Jesus told them, get me a coin. And he asked them, whose inscription is on that coin? They say Caesar's. And he said to them, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God. If that is a culture in your place and a tradition in your place, since it does not affect your, your faith in Christ, it does not affect your Christianity, you know, give it to them. But if it is too much for you, negotiate with them talk with them and see how you can reduce the, the economic waste as much as possible. But you know, they will always insist you have to give them something. So give them and, and save yourself from a lot of trouble and just enjoy the peace of God. From the Francophonie headquarters, that's the headquarters of Francophone in the world, and that's located in Paris, in France, uh, that's in Europe. I'm coming to what should be the headquarters of Francophone in Africa, Cameroon? Yeah. Hello, Global Baba. This is Skylep from Cameroon. Doctors, uh, warm greetings in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. My questions are taken from 1 Peter 4, 6, 17, 2 Peter 2, 20, and 2 Thessalonians 2, 3. Who are the spirits that were being preached to? And is it the gospel message that was preached to them? What did Peter mean by judgment must begin in the house of God and that the righteous shall be scarcely saved? And also in Peter's second episode, 2020, who was he referring to? If these were sinners, is it possible for a sinner to have a pyknosis, considering that was the word he used there for knowledge? Well, I'll answer just two questions. The other ones, you didn't give me the references. The first question I will answer for you there is who are the spirits that were preached to? Well, it's a type of... It's a, it's a, Peter was making reference to the days of Noah. And the spirits that were preached to were the people in the days of Noah. They rejected the gospel, and that's why they are in prison. That's what Peter was making reference to. And then I think the second question was, um, um, was that one judgment will begin from the, the house church, of God. Yes. Well, it's persecution. He means that persecution will begin with Christians. If persecution begins with us, what shall be the fate of those who do not even have Christ? So he was talking about persecution for the gospel. That's what Peter was communicating in that scripture. Okay, Global Baba is a fine place to live. If Cameroon is a beautiful place to spend. Yeah, it night. is. I know you will like you Cameroon. <laughs> so we'll stay over in Cameroon. Tomorrow is another day. We come and we continue in style. Until then, okay, Global Baba, we need to say a quick prayer to, you know. For those who need yes, sure. All right, Father, we pray for all those that are in need, that are connected to this broadcast right now. People that are sick, those in need of a life partner those that are in need of fruit of the womb. We pray for people that are depressed, those that are going through challenges in their minds and in their circumstances who need a miracle. Wherever you are right now, we command the devil to take his hands off your circumstances, off your body, and your body be healed Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. We declare that you receive marital favors. Amen. And we pray for those that are married, a miracle of the fruit of the womb, Amen. receive it Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. We pray for students who are believing God for admission, those believing God for scholarship, receive favor and supernatural favor in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we believe you for massive harvest of answers. Receive it now. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
Okay, so Global Baba, any moment now, we are on um, Inspiration FM. Yes. That runs yes, from 9 yes. until 10. 9 to 10. Then Inspiration Heritage. FM. Heritage, yeah. 10 to 12. Tomorrow, tomorrow. morning, 5.45 a.m. XLFM. 11 to 12, I'm um, 11 to 1, Radio Aquaibom, 1 to 3, XLFM, 3 to 5, you know, UFM, and we're back here tomorrow evening on Comfort FM, 6 to 8 p.m. But I want to also acknowledge we have in the house tonight Dr. Gabriel from Kaduna, still with us, and then we have Pastor Rex Nadi, all the way from Lagos. He's been with us for a few days, coordinates Ikma in Lagos. We have Pastor Chubuese with us from Asaba. Glad to have all of you here tonight. Praise God. Global Barber. Global producer, uh, Pastor IJ Quera and his production team, many thanks. So to the resident pastor, Pastor Prezo Kohn and his dear wife, Winime. This is Michael Bush on their behalf, thanking you for your time and looking forward to another edition tomorrow. Global Barber, Dr. Abel Damina. The Intercontinental, Mr. Bush, what a day. It's been a wonderful one today. Well, we thank all of you for giving us the opportunity to serve you the grace of God, both the social media community and everybody on radio and on TV. We look forward to having all of you again tomorrow. Make sure you bring more people to be connected to this grace. And until then, enjoy the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and be blessed. Goodbye from Uyo, Nigeria. Amen and amen. Praise God.